Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. Welcome, everybody, to the Passionate DJ Podcast. This is the only talk show for and by DJs with over 100,000 downloads, where we're all about becoming better DJs through passion and purpose. I'm here with Trip, Mo, and Tony, and we've got a special guest in the room, Mr. Mike Donovan. Welcome Yay! to the mic, man. Greetings. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, happy to be here. Absolutely. So Mike is not only a longtime fan and supporter of the show, but is also um, somebody we've talked about quite a few times as far as his volume shows. And so we wanted to talk to him a little bit about that. It's a Deep House Friday show here every uh, one or two months, you'd say, in Dayton, Ohio? Yeah, every other month. Every other month? About every okay. eight to ten weeks. And uh, so we want to talk to you about that and want to talk about Deep House and would also like to uh, just thank you because not everybody knows this, but you are responsible for Passionate DJ's new look. Yes. So all of our pretty uh, shareable graphics and header, you know, header banners at the top of all our social media pages and all that stuff was thanks to Mike. So we appreciate that. Uh, you helped us grow up. It was a fun process. I enjoyed going through it with you. Now, w- one thing that I really appreciated about that process was you you really took the time to dig into the psychology of it and figure out, you know, I, I came at Mike with like, I want it to be pretty and like <laughs> probably kind of bluish. And, and so and Mike took that and said, well, I used all these, you know, accent colors that had to do with passion and, and mm. all these different things. Like really dug in, really cared about that. So I thought that was pretty cool. Right. Kind of artsy and, and also just really analytical approach to the whole thing. Well, I've been a graphic designer for over two decades. So if I don't approach it, with some thought then I need to be doing something else by now. You know, like it's, there's, there's a season, you know, a bit of me being seasoned at, yeah. you know, doing graphic design to where, you know, I'm not a, not a kid at Starbucks anymore with my computer saying, Hey, let me kick you out of graphic. You know, so I mean, there's, I've learned a lot about, you know, design and marketing throughout the way. So, and that's what I've tried to apply to volume as well. Well, it was, it was pretty impressive because you know, we were talking about the new logo and I was like, Look, I want it to be clever, but not super cheesy. I want it to have something to do with passion, but not be too, you know, it's just, right. I couldn't really put the concept together. And then, you know, Mike ended up coming up with this idea with the, the stylus of a turntable and it, you know, showing a waveform type shape, which was kind of represented a heartbeat monitor and it just all really came together. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and, and no knock on you, Dave, but there was like a palpable difference, like when you took over. Because yeah. I think I was still deployed when that happened. And I was like, oh. I mean, I could instantly tell that someone different was doing the graphics. So. Oh, good. good. Yeah, yeah. we worked sweet. on it for a couple <clears throat> yeah, of months. I was, I yeah, I was, I was pleased with it. I love the way it looks. So. Yeah. yeah. So first, let's talk about your history in this whole thing. I mean, where does your, your musical influence and you know why are you so into house music? What do you love about it? And maybe we can talk about bounce theory a little bit, too. Okay. Well, um, who? <laughs> yes, fitting, fitting we would t- why would we talk about bounce theory um, well for me I was raised in a in a house of with a an incredible musician in my in my dad uh, an excellent guitar player he his my my grandmother was a uh, guitarist in Nashville and she was signed to a label called Decca Records back then um, which I, may still be around um, they had Patsy Cline and artists like that, uh, Judy Garland. Oh, wow. So she was an incredible guitarist, and her band got signed to a label, 
DECA, and uh, they were traveling somewhere, got in a car crash, and several of the members of her band died in this car crash. So she got out of it. I, you know, I think her kind of approach was, man, this music is leading to deaths. That's my experience with this. Right, right. So my dad picked up the guitar, started playing, became an incredible guitarist. Um, and through that, he kind of taught us about all, you know, like his understanding of music, which back then was all this Yes and Boston and Rush and, you know, and so I was raised with that stuff. You know, and it just, it, he taught me how to hear things. He was like, do you hear that? Do you, this is why they're, they've written this like that. So, I mean, it just, so I fell in love with music, like I'm sure many of us did, as a child, you right. know, five years old. I remember he would get these, you know, all these records and he would, you know, he'd play them. And I would sit, as weird as this is, on my knee as a kid, and I would just spin to just mimic the record spinning. It was so <laughs> weird. But, uh, so I was influenced by music early on um and then we grew up in west dayton and really got into hip-hop and r&b all that stuff and we lived next to uh the house next door to us was uh roger trotman he owned the house next to us shut up wow <laughs> no so he would talk he would come in talk to my father all the time i mean he owned he owned places in dayton right right mm -hmm. so so we you know my dad would talk to him all the time so he, he, from prior podcasts or episode, you know how rich of a history Dayton has. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, through all that, I uh, fell in love with music, um, got older, got into high school, got into college, started becoming my own, like, uh, this is what I like, this is what I'm looking for. Um, and through that, somehow I got introduced to, to dance music. I'm not quite sure where it came along, but I, it, I started hearing dance music, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. Something about this is cool. And uh, I was cooking at a restaurant. I was a cook at a restaurant, and I met a friend who said, oh, I know someone who does this too. I know someone who likes dance music. He DJs all the time. I said, okay, shoot me his number. Sure enough, it was Tony, and this was back in like 95, 96. So I call up Tony, and we kind of hit it off, just it just clicked, and uh, I was good friends with a guy named Dana at the time, still a friend of mine. and. Uh, and, Only obvious. Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and at that time, and I know I'm kind of just flashing, you know, just speeding through this, but um, we kind of we had had similar interests, similar ideas of let's let's throw some parties. So um, we had come up with the bounce theory, which was kind of our production company at the time. And um, I thought that was a cool name, by the way. Yeah, and I think it had to do with the motion of bouncing to to music just the heads mm -hmm. bouncing and and then the thought process the theory behind it so uh from there we threw we got together and we threw um some little house party at bha under that piano building that was like our first little house party mm -hmm. and from that it was like okay this is a cool little party then we went and i think our first one was what mc squared mc square mm -hmm. swamp and <clears throat> tony gives me the number he goes here's swamp's number call book him and i call swamp and i think he was like in cleveland mm -hmm. so i call him and this lady answers and i don't know if i'm calling an agency or what but this lady <laughs> answers and she's like hello <laughs> and i'm like uh, yeah i'm trying to get some information to book swamp and she goes Rodney! <laughs> and, and then swamp gets on the phone and um, 
then we then we throw our first party it's a success and then we move on to other ones but uh, it's just kind of a there's a really special time back in that late 90s like just you know i wish people could take a look peer into that period just because it was so it was just incredible even like We'd go to Wallabies even on Thursday nights, mm-hmm. you know, when Drew was when Drew was DJing, yeah. and it was like he would, it would be, even these top forty clubs were just it was amazing, yeah. right? Just and it was every week, multiple nights. Just for Every context. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday, we do about a thousand people at Wallabies. Yeah. Just for context, where what's the time period approximately? Ninety six. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah, because in Cincinnati we had something similar to the Wallabies type of thing. It was called uh, back then. It was called Bourbon Street. Bourbon. Sure. And, and it was like three bars. It was the, that it was whole the, period. The mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that whole, we used to love going there. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they they had the underground room in the back, the country bar off to the right, and then that the, place the was top forty and eighties on the on the left. Yeah. And that was a pretty common model in the 90s to have a club with uh, multiple styles right. of music in different rooms. But yeah, I mean, I, I remember that place. I mean, even I, I mostly hung out either in the top 40 or in the underground uh, area. And I mean, underground, you know, they played Venga Boys and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, but what, I mean, whatever. <laughs> it was underground for that crowd. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, hundreds of people. Yeah. I mean, on Thursday nights. Like, Thursday and Sunday. Sunday Sundays. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Yeah, but that but it was like Wednesday night was what Asylum, Asylum Wednesday, mm-hmm. Wallabies Thursday. We'd also go to fourteen, fourteen, yeah. yeah. Fridays, I don't think we did much on Fridays. Saturdays were <laughs> Friday was a pre party. Saturday was the rave. Yeah, right, right. right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, but I mean, it, ju- it just and I remember I was doing that in high school. Yeah. So at some point, this kind of tapered down, and so did that. Was that related to why you stopped the, the bounce theory concept or? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think we ever. I don't remember us ever kind of getting in the room and saying, "This is the, this end. Is the end." Yeah, yeah. I just think it. I think natural evolution and type of. Yeah, thing. I mean, I just think kind of. I nothing. Nothing negative. I just kind of think. I think we woke up one day and realized uh, we're not together anymore. Yeah, mm. it, not, was... it was. You know, it was just kind of like nothing. Un- I don't think there were any really unsuccessful ventures while it was happening i just think we woke up one day and realized hey we haven't talked for a while i don't think i think we've just kind of gone we all went our se- kind of separate ways and but we were yeah. thing, but we were still cool yeah right you know that might be <clears throat> about the best way to end a, a series or a, or a you know promotion company or or a venue or anything right, right. i mean because that's on good terms yeah i yeah. mean the stories you usually hear you know there's there's some event that <laughs> some culminating that event. up and yeah, i've got no. a few of those <laughs> <laughs> no i mean we i mean all, that stuff's always filled with challenges i mean there were nights where yeah. we'd be in the room and we'd say hey why did this happen what's going on what why didn't you said you were going to do this you didn't do, i mean that's part of it that's right. the part that's part of anything that's part of a marriage that's part of raising kids that's Any part relationship. of relationship mm-hmm. yeah i mean so i mean we've had that you know like that happened but nothing you know there was never a defining moment where i walked away and thought oh whoa this is this needed to happen i just think it the you know the branches went this way and we were like okay you know hey they're doing okay they're doing okay and i don't think really i think at think we were completely fine with it. I don't remember us really rushing into any other... Because uh, I didn't throw any parties after that for a while. I didn't either. I well, think I focused more on DJing than anything. 
It's kind of interesting because <clears throat> now, if I may say so, you know, Tony's production company with Three Dimensional Entertainment and you with Volume, you guys are now separately, but also semi-collaboratively <laughs> throwing the the premier sure, dance events, events here, here in Dayton. Right, right. You know, it's it's kind of cool to to see you guys started together and then started different things. But you know, I just being a behind the scenes guy, I'm I'm always hearing the chatter like, hey, make I'm throwing an event on this day. Make and you guys work together and do the whole thing. Sure. And, make sure that you don't step on each other and i think that's that's pretty cool to to see because they've they've both developed into very distinct brands and bring something very different to dayton which is something that you know you know 96 98 i was way too young for this stuff right? i'm the young i'm the kid in the room so i i've never saw any of this right. type of thing brought to dayton and so it's you know three-dimensional and volume are both pretty special to me just personally well and if i may say so with these two and when you see that kind of collaboration that is exactly how it all used to work back sure. in the mm -hmm. 90s you know it wasn't just you know that we were all homies or you know yeah, like yeah. i mean <clears throat> most of us that were throwing parties i mean i didn't start until late late 90s you know but 99 2000 but the people who brought me into the fold told me who everybody was yep. and that was how it worked me as a promoter i called from Cincinnati, the promoters that I knew of in Dayton, the ones that I knew of in Columbus and Lexington and Louisville and Indianapolis, you know, you called around to all the major players and said, do you have anything going on on such and such a date? Are you planning on bringing such and such a headliner? You know, are you, are it, here's what I'm planning on doing. Is that going to hurt or help anything? And, you know, deconflicting the schedule. Right. And that's something that got lost right around the 2000s. Most and, of the time we would book like Christian, all the promoters that promoted right. in the big cities. Yep, we would, yep. cause they were all DJs too. Yeah. And we would just book them. They right. would book us at their, you know, their right. parties, and it exactly. Yeah. And and so I think what what happens between these two is not just that they're friends, but that's a callback to from. a respect of yeah. what happened in the old school. Because if they both know, like, if I if I do this and I step on Tony, or if I do this and I step on Mike, both of us yeah. are going to fail ultimately you know that must be why we have such a good synergy here in, in dayton because people actually take the time to do that and they come from that kind of you say old school i just think it's a good way to work sure you know? <laughs> yeah uh, mike and i actually had a conversation uh it was a couple of weeks ago and I, I kind of brought it up to where, you know, you have a lot of people in different cities complain or get upset or, you know, this, that and the other. But if if volume and three dimensional can do it in the same city in the same month, there's no reason that others yeah. can't do Especially it in other cities, you know, and it's all have, yeah. it's communication, you know, it's back to back key. weekends. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> January. Man, what a thing to see. You know, yeah. like that's between the two, several, several hundred. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it gets Dayton a lot of look, man, and, and it's it's. But it it's not, it's not always easy. Though. I mean, right, Tony and right. I have had had tough conversations. There, Mike, we're going we're going for this. I mean, we can't. And at that point, I have to sit back and say, Hey, this is big. This is bigger than what I have in mind right now. I've got to figure out another weekend that's going to work. Or you know, I'll come to Tony. Tony, hey man, I'm about to lock this in. I really want to do this, and it's he'll kind of approach it like, well, we don't know, so let me 
let you know we might have some wiggle room so i mean it's there's some work there right you know and sometimes yeah. you gotta you, you, not bump heads i don't but in a way but you know we're, sometimes that's the it's truth. A, sometimes it's a tough conversation yeah, i mean you, but you gotta but approach but, it like you know, an adult volume is business volume sure. is two years old now and it's taken conversations like that for us to get where we are absolutely right, right. You know, i was mean, meaning where volume is you know opposite you know, 3DM. It's it's like when Mike first came in. Um, I don't want to say first came in, but started to do when you started to do the volumes and stuff. You know, as 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 just a business owner, it's it's like I own a record store, and then somebody opens a record store across the street from me. You know, it's it sucks, yeah. But Mike and I have been on a communication level, and then you know, at first I was like, damn, you know. But you know, he started telling me his path, his direction, what he was wanting to do, and it's. You know, it's sure it's a little bit along the same lines, but we do our own thing, and, sure. and it all yeah, works they're markedly out. different types of shows. You you know, you can recognize a 3DM show, and you can recognize a volume sure. show. Right. And they both right. bring yeah, something cool the to the table. You're not <laughs> crossing the streams, right? right. Um, and just to go on a slight digression here, um, you know, as I was kind of bringing you know the rest of these guys on to the show after I was kind of doing this solo, I was kind of having a small crisis about what direction I wanted to take it because a lot of people who wanted to come onto the show and do interviews and stuff wanted to talk about Dayton-y things. Mm -hmm. And I was concerned that we have a global audience and I wasn't sure, I was afraid it would be too localized. And you two, Mike and Tony specifically, and, and Billy, who's not here, he's the other half of Three Dimensional, um, really uh, made me want to talk about Dayton. Because what I realized was that there are some really cool things happening here, and it's really hard to do. That's perfect for storytelling, and that's sure. perfect for learning from. And so that was that's why we talk about Dayton so much is because it's the market that I know, it's the market that I'm learning on all the time. And I think that other, you know, smaller, you know, take your Milwaukee's and Indianapolis and you know right. these other markets. Um, you know, there are probably promoters out there dealing with the same kind of struggles. That's exactly what I was going to say is that, you know, I, I, I know that that was uh, a concern that you had, but I don't think we overdo it. If, if anybody out there thinks that we do, then let us know. But it doesn't I've, seem like they, do. I don't, they seem right, to like it. Right. Because then it's, it's relatable. You know, like yeah. you said, you know, even if you're not in a smaller market, even, you know, people in, in larger markets that are just starting smaller, you know, can can take some of these stories and and the things that we share, and and learn from that and and grow from sure. that, and learn from our mistakes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be willing to bet that the, the for the most part on a smaller scale, what the the issues Dayton faces, the other cities are facing as well. Sure. I mean, it's yeah. but not all of them do it as well as you guys do. <clears throat> as far as working together and figuring out how to brand yourselves. And so I, that's something that I really try to spotlight. And, you know, it took us forever to get you in here and get the scheduling done. I'm so glad that you're here to, to finally have this conversation, you know. And it's, you know, well, we'll, we'll get further into volume um, sure. and how you promote it and stuff because sure. I really want to talk about that stuff. Sure. Um, when it comes to house music, what... What does it for you? What is it about house music and specifically deep house that that makes you passionate enough about it to want to put on this whole brand around it? Well, when I started DJing, I didn't play house music. I played 
really like that Swedish techno sound. Yeah. A lot of Adam Bayer, drum code, code mm-hmm. red. Kari Lykenbush. You know, stuff like that. Like, <clears throat> But still, even when I listen, <clears throat> when I listen to what I used to play and I and I try to connect the dots of how I got to house music and specifically deeper house music. Um, there are, there are a lot of similarities. There's, there's, there was a certain warmth to that style of techno, a certain, uh, pads and keys and, mm. uh, a structure to the songwriting. Um, so I kind of, you know, I went from like this techno to, I started to listen to Dave Angel at that time. Mm. And he put this, this record out, called Globetrotting. And um, I should have mentioned it when you asked, now I'm thinking about it, but um, it just was tech house. It was what, at, at that time, what we were referring to as tech house. Another guy was uh, Jamie Anderson writing really good tech house. And it was what I loved about techno, but it was kind of showing me like the melodic softer side that, mm. oh, this is what house music is. Mm. So, and then I, I went from that to... I started to listen to stuff out of Chicago, large, Vista. Um, and then I started to hear stuff from from the West Coast, Seasons rec- recordings. And something about that sound, just, again, the warmth, the the sophistication to it. Like, to me, it was, it's house, Deep House is very, I think, and you can argue anything, really. But, I mean, it's, for me, it was very sophisticated. The song structure, the way it, it it didn't need a build up. It just it took you there. It told the story. It, there was a structure to it, and um, I, I loved it, and still do, obviously. Uh, Mike brought in a few clips of tracks. Can we maybe get one going here and and have a little uh, background music here? Play uh, playground by Schmoove. There was a track I could send into outer space to tell the aliens <laughs> what Deep what House about. is, what Deep House is. <laughs> it would be this track. It's just, it's patient. You know, it's very, it's a very patient track. And it just. I appreciate that you say that because not a lot of people think of that when it comes to music. You know, I, I use patience and subtlety a lot. I say that a lot. Well, and, I, believe it or not, Tony taught me a lot of that to me. Tony's a very patient DJ. Yeah. That's what I love. Just the keys, like just it's warm. It's, it's warm. It's a good vibe. It's happy. And that's, that it's you know like that's I heard that in two thousand I think, and it was just like oh my god, mm. this is. <clears throat> so when you guys use adjectives like warm and patient, uh, what exactly do you mean by those types of things? I know what I would say to that, but I'm gonna so <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, it goes back to a, a, even the, the most recent episode. That whole restraint thing, you know, right now, and and I 
argue since, you know, the onset of like dubstep and the newest wave of all the younger kids that came in in that like 06, 07, 08 kind of era, it brought in what I've heard referred to as drop culture. So it's right. just, mm. you know, it's build up, build up, build up, build up, and where's the drop, you know, and all that. And and that's not the era that we came from. Like what the era that we came from, drum and bass did that to some degree, but not like... Trance did. Trance did, well, but it didn't right, come right. in as hard, though, either. Right, right, right. right. Trance eventually did. Right, say. right, right. But that whole house music culture, it was, you know, when you when you got a good groovy loop going, then that's pretty much the track. You know, I mean, there was a couple of buildups, a couple of break breakdowns, and you know, just some elements that were being taken out. You know, so house music inherently in the '90s just to your point, was kind of an extension, not an extension of techno, but there were those similarities that, that where like everything was very loopy, but there was this warmth that came from the samples that were being used, the types of bass lines. There was just, there was just something there. And instead, you know, over time, it's the structure of things has changed. The flow of the music has changed. The, the, the people who listen to it have changed, sure. you know, and, and, you know, so, to me that's that's where the patience comes in because if you're going to play stuff like this there's not a bunch of drops that you can you know count 32 yeah. <laughs> you know and and that goes from one drop to the next you know and that's not how it works with with this type of music and coming to the warmth i think it, a lot of that just for me stems from the samples that were used cuz not everything came from software you know back then if you weren't using samples that were ripped from like jazz records and mm -hmm. funk records and stuff like that, then you were probably using hardware of some sort. Like, and, and analog hardware has a very distinctive sound, and it's and it's warmth is the number one like adjective for it, um, and probably an overused one. So I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, that. if if I can maybe throw in a, a little help on. Um, I'm sure you can speak to this being our audio engineer guy and, and so far into producing. Um, a lot of that has to do with with what frequencies are being represented, I think. Right. So warmth is a certain range in the maybe upper mid-bass right, right. type yep. range that just gives that fullness to the sound. Yep. Um, especially when combined with other frequencies, just having that fullness. Um, and also to your point about the about either analog instruments or analog modeling there's a certain random element that causes variate variance and noise that you don't always get from a, a more clinical digital sound right and i think that's a lot of times what people refer to as well yeah tubes, some people just say <laughs> tubes it, and resistors and electrical current you know yeah. it has that randomness to it that software can a little bit more organic yeah software can Mimic, that. mimic it to a certain degree but it's not the same it's not because you know with with software like you, you know i always tell people my analogy is um math.random and in software coding you know most modern languages have a random mm. uh, uh method and when you call that, it's supposed to bring you back a random number. But computers don't know random. They don't understand that. Yeah, it's not that. actually 100% random. Exactly. So, yeah. like, you know, if you know what the seed is, for any anybody who's techie out there, or, you know, into programming, and they know what I'm talking about, if you know what the seed is... Or has played No Man's Sky. 
<laughs> just go. procedurally generated. <laughs> um, then you, then yeah, you can figure out, you know, a computer's random algorithm, and I say random in air quotes. And but to David's point, when when you're dealing with analog hardware, there there's something random about tubes and resistors and circuitry and you know waves of electrical current that, versus digital sound yeah now when it comes to especially with fm synthesis not, it, yeah. not to not to go down that rabbit hole but <laughs> <laughs> um when it comes to specifically deep house i think a lot of uh the distinctiveness of that sound comes from the the chords and the chord progressions used there's a lot of diminished chords and and blues scales and mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. that that are used that, and uh you know like uh there's a common i remember diminished seventh interval or something like that that's really common in deep house and so it, it gives those pad sounds that there are harmonics in there that you might not get in a techno song for instance right. or even a trance song which right. is more straightforward major or minor key because they're using these more bluesy scales so that gives it its own little distinctive quality. Yeah. I'm still baby steps in music theory. So like I I know what you're talking about, but I haven't even just I haven't even gone near that stuff yet. So, so these these deep house sounds, I mean, it do you ever find yourself kind of conflicted because I know I do with saying this is house music, this is deep house, this is progressive house, you know, that at a certain point it comes down to who you ask is going to you know they're going to give a different definition of a particular sound but volume your show volume specifically definitely focuses around a certain type of house what qualities do you look for to to build that brand i guess it's kind of hard to answer like it, like in a way like the careless part of me just wants to say i don't care you know, like this, this you is like the, what you like. And, yeah, this yeah. is this is the brand. And and okay, when I look at when I look at volume and it's it, the first, you know, there was the first one that we that I threw two years ago and it was it was a smaller event. Trevor Lamont, Mellow Man came up from Cincy, uh, mm-hmm. Quincy played. I can't remember who else played that night. And I'm sorry. Um, but from that, you know, that kind of. You know, it was it kind of got the approval. Let's let's move on to the next one, and my the first one really what I kind of look at as the jumping point for volume was Demarcus Lewis, okay. <clears throat> who is, in my opinion, though I think a few times with Track Source he's won like first highest rated Jack and House artist, but he is in my in, in my definition he is Deep House. I think we have a clip, right? The, Demarcus clip. There's a there's there's I brought several of them. Maybe uh, Crown Royal. <clears throat> Demarcus rides that fine line of like energy, but like just the, like the tones and the keys. It's that's a good point to bring up. I mean, <clears throat> we're talking about dance music here, right? So, how do you find yourself waiting? Um, musicality versus just what has a good bouncy beat and is going to get the crowd moving? Do you focus on one or the other? Maybe. Um, I think for shows like Sneak and Derek, I think it was kind of like those guys are next. Mm. 
you know, like, I think if, I've even talked to Billy before. Like, he was like, oh, I knew Sneak was coming. That just made sense. He 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 would be next. You know, you've got all the, you know, Farina, uh, Derek, you know, and then it kind of made sense that that was next. Todd Terry, who, my God, I've loved for <laughs> decades. I don't know if I would say he's a deep house artist at all. He's, he's the definition of classic house music. Yeah, just like right, that right. house music sound. So I don't even know if I'm answering the the question right. But and I think I think every volume has elements that I love about Deep House, whether it's a regional or a local artist or the headliner. Um, Fred, everything is mm. another. He's the definition of Deep House. Man, my goodness! If and, I could jump in for two seconds and and give my quick opinion on everything that you've booked from. Locals to regionals to headliners, the volume house sound to me is sophistication. Yeah, that's that's my the one word that I can throw out there. Thanks. Is everything that you hear like it takes a good trained ear and a good sophisticated ear to really classy. understand that Sexy. night right, yeah, right, right, and that right. sound. Yeah, 100%. I was I, I, for me, and I don't mean this in a in a. In, a, in an insulting way to younger people, but it feels grown up. Yeah, you know? I was going to bring and, that I, up and I'm not saying that like house music was that much different when we were those people's age, or, you know, those kids' age, you know. But like hearing it now as an adult, when I go to those events, like I, I you know, it just it, it it has a different feel than when I go to mm-hmm. like. You know your balls out bass music rave. You know, sure. like <laughs> yeah. No, that that's a great point because um, that's one thing that I've really noticed. I've been to every single volume show, and one thing that's been consistent is that there's there's always thirty and forty somethings there, and but it they're, they're feel always like, loving it. And, and me, but they're all it, checking their blood but, pressure and cholesterol. Well, they're all <laughs> checking their cholesterol. To say, we got to take naps first. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> now, and I was just going to say like. Now, maybe it's because we're 30 and 40-somethings, but, like, it doesn't feel like it's a bunch of old fogies getting no, down, you know, and, like, because yeah, there's and, been and younger people there, it, and they seem to be enjoying themselves right. just as much as we are. Yeah, it doesn't come at the expense of the younger crowd. Right, right, It's right. just, it's it's very mixed, which is unusual for a club night, which yeah, is, it's really exactly, cool to see, yeah. because and, everybody's there because the music's good. And I will totally right. agree with that. For me being the, the volume virgin here, um coming into the city about two years ago the first show i went to that was one thing i really picked up on really quick was like man this is a pretty diverse crowd and that's really kind of odd for me mm. what was your first uh was it todd terry Derek? No. Derek, wasn't it i think it was Derek. oh Derek so carter you that's pretty early that's where you and i met i believe yeah, yeah. oh that was okay so that was pretty i think that was the fourth well, if that was only the fourth show, it sure as hell didn't look like it. Because <laughs> when I walked in, I was like, okay, this is obviously something that's well-established here. I mean, that's just how I felt when I walked in. And then also, like I said, just kind of being a military guy, what, the first thing you do is you look around the room and you see who's in there. It's just, it's, find all your exit points. Yeah, find all your exit points. <laughs> you look for the, uh, the fire alarm and all that stuff. But that's one thing I noticed. Like, man, there's like a lot of – it's it's a, it's a wide range. Yeah. And, but it doesn't feel it's un- not awkward. It's not, yeah, and that's what I was about to say. I didn't yeah. feel uncomfortable being in a room that diverse, you know, because, you know, like I take my kids to some of the shows they go watch, and like me and the dads, we go hold up the wall and have a beer while 
while my daughter go watches Jonas Brothers or something. That's the you cool know. thing about what you've done with with this series is that it's 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 dancey and bouncy enough to kind of rave out to, but it's it's music. You know what right, I mean? It's right. like it, it's songy enough that I can bring my wife or my mom or my grandmother or anybody to it and they will understand it as music you know what i mean and i and it's good music i mean it's it's recognizable as good music yeah and i have never been a dancer but i when i'm at your shows i can't help but just like you know i'm not a dancer but i do it anyway back and forth and nothing else but and that's for me that's like huge like i wish i could attend volume yeah. Right. And like that's the best right. way that I yeah. look at it is I wish I wish I could go to it. And that's why you know that's what I enjoy it so much is I can't I can't do anything else. Like I can't throw a drum and bass show. I can't throw I'm probably my second favorite genre is techno. I really love techno, but I don't know if I could throw a techno show. Mm. You know, it's just I, I can't I can't do it. I'm gonna make volume work and if the community tells me it's not gonna work then it's time to put it to bed you know but that's volume is volume is a party mm-hmm. right mm. you know that's that's what it is it's a party mm-hmm. i'm not a production company i'm not a i'm not this outfit um three-dimensional throws excellent experiences you know that's that's these experiences and they're each they're different you know, and that's what yeah. you, you, you're this outfit that throws these events that are different. And you say, hey, well, you know what? We're going to throw a rock show this month. And I'm like, that's the definition of three dimensional. Right. We're going to throw a techno show. We're going to have a multi genre night. And that's this incredible. And that's what allows for someone to go, oh, you know what? There's a techno headliner and drum and bass. I don't like techno, but I like drum and bass. So I'm going to go. Someone doesn't like house music or let alone deep house music. They're not coming. They're not coming to volume. Right. Volume's very niche. Sure. And it's, you know, and like that's back to what we were talking about earlier. That's what allows it to work. And three dimensional could even still bring a house, a major house headliner to your show. And it would still be successful. Mm-hmm. And, and it wouldn't water down volume just because they're so we've managed to do this thing together you know mm-hmm. which has been kind of yeah. kind of cool and at the last show dave and i were just talking i was like man this is super cool that we have something this like <clears throat> niche that's so large in our small town sure you know, it's it's was, really cool to see people to for somebody to look up and see Derek Carter and Colette and Mark Farina and Stanton Wayers and Worthy and all these people played Dayton, Ohio. Like, what the hell's going on in (laughs) Dayton, Ohio? Think think about the last two years from Green Velvet to Wink to friggin' Miguel Miggs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, my God. Egyptian Lover, Craze, uh, Demarcus. And I got to, and I I know we're kind of, I feel like we could talk all night about just variant, variant, a variation of things, but welcome to passionate DJ. <laughs> but, you know, we only sure. release one hour at a time. <laughs> and this, you know, kind of goes back to your point about, you know, do we want to talk about Dayton so much? But Colette said something to me that was just really, it really blew my mind. Right. And you know, like I'm trying to have fun that night. I'm trying to hobble along with this injury that I have. And she stops me and she goes, Mike, I met so many people tonight. And then she said, and none of them are from Dayton. 
<laughs> so you talk about how you know like hey That's we cool. want you didn't want to showcase Dayton well maybe we're all not the other, yeah all the it's it's kind of nice to know that other cities who are doing really great I mean Midwest Fresh um, all those you know all those guys out in Push and mm-hmm. Run 614 and all those guys in Columbus and Fresh List, Fresh and List Cincinnati and and, mm-hmm. and now Chris Nelson up in uh uh, Toledo with his excellent adventures through house music and KID or um, keeping it deep and indie like they are hugely successful in their own cities mm-hmm. because of their own cities. Right. Yeah. You know, like I don't. I, I, I'm D- Dayton has a, a a sort of a lucky placement as well as far as geography. being geography yeah, wise right. it's, like we're it's between great. cincinnati columbus the crossroads Indy. of america well yeah, and, 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 and we're what's surrounded by it even <laughs> if we don't have the the local support to to sustain a particular night forever um you guys seem to have found a way to to do it by drawing in the outside yeah it's amazing well, and that that was what was so great about the 90s too because mm-hmm. like back then ravers traveled and mm-hmm. we traveled a lot you know you could start in that's Way different and now. end up yeah. in Milwaukee or you know St. Louis or who knew where you were going to be yeah. by Sunday. I didn't. <laughs> and, and Disco Donnie talked about that in his episode too. Yeah. But like uh, how the feds didn't understand why these kids would drive travel hours eight hours to see music, coming right. to get those drugs. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the but that that was something that was always great about Dayton back in those days because you know between 75, 70, 35 and all. I mean we're at this you know crazy crossroads to where we. We were it, 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 we're not more than an hour and a half half's drive from most Ma- of, of a, lot the, of a lot of major cities around us, and even then, two to three hours you can you know rope in. You even got more. five more big cities, you know, right? Yeah. And and when you bring a big enough name, it's going to yeah, bring three those hours people. isn't nothing for those people to right, drive right, to see right. that one person. Yeah. What people from Chicago coming for Green Velvet? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jack. Walsh, People from Tennessee. I, I met a whole crew from Tennessee at the vol- at Migs. Migs, yeah, a yeah. whole like probably a group of six or seven people yeah, that drove up from yep. Nashville. Yeah, yeah, and for and for reference, for anybody who's listening that doesn't under uh, understand where we are geographically in the states, you know, from here to Tennessee is a good four to six hours, depending mm-hmm. on what part of the state you're driving yeah. to. Yep. Yep. Um, which, you know, this all comes with its own set of hurdles, right? Because, that, I mean, we, we can benefit from our placement, but speaking to um, A, contractual obligations, and <laughs> B, you know, who's who's coming to Columbus tonight versus right. who's coming to Dayton tonight versus who's coming to Cincinnati tonight. Now suddenly we have to worry about the lineups of three to four or five different cities. Right. Is that something that you guys seem to struggle with? I know it's something we've talked about. But I mean, have you have you found pretty good rhythm? I'm, I'll ask Tony and or Mike. Uh, you know, to be quite honest, the styles that we do and the styles that Mike does, I don't think any close surrounding city, being Columbus, Cincinnati, India, are, are really bringing those names. Therefore, they come here to see those names. Okay, you know? fair enough. That's. Um, or if they do, they're probably most, farther and few. Farther and fewer. I mean, in Midwest Fresh does some stuff in, in in Columbus, but as far as big shows, it's going to draw big numbers to, in Cincinnati or Columbus. The, I mean, it's all EDM. It's not house. It's not techno. It's mm, not tech true. house or breaks or the stuff that 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 we like. I don't see anybody really close by doing the stuff that we're doing here. Honestly, I have a list I go by. Uh, 
Midwest Fresh. I, I I can't remember, but it's it's typically a certain night. Um, I think it's the last Saturday or the third Saturday of them. I think it's the last Saturday. Then uh, Fresh List has theirs, which is I can't remember which weekend. Like there are certain weekends that I know I'm not doing that stuff because it's I pull from Columbus, I pull from Cincinnati. Really, my biggest concern is making sure I'm not doing anything opposite 3DM. Okay. Because they are not a party. Mm. They're, they are, t- most of the time, w- other than when they were doing First Friday, they are a series of one-offs. Yeah. So, like, that's critical. Like, what do you guys, I'm thinking June. Well, we're thinking June. Okay, what, okay, do I need to think July? So, really, it's, that's really. <clears throat> I know a I random know, element to yeah, the I know. Yeah, I know the other guys, but it's, theirs is built off of. I can't speak for them, but from what my conversation is, an an, an aspect of their bookings comes from availability. When can you get these guys? And this is our chance. We're going to take it. Mike, try to work around it. It's it's hard because the people that we shoot for are in very high demand. Sure. You know, they're still in very, very high demand. They tell you when they're coming. Yeah, and it's really hard. Like Mike said, when they want to give us a date – we almost have no other option because right. it's yeah. it works with routing, and if we don't get that date, there's a good chance that we may never get that date again with that person, or it may be another few years before it even rolls yeah. back around, you know. Yeah. And by then, who knows? So, yeah, Mike, they're playing they're playing New York Friday night. They can fit Dayton in that Saturday night. We got to take it. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yep. Okay. So yes. when you're differentiating between a one-off and a party and a show, what exactly do you mean by those types of things? Like. Like and, a and series versus a concert. Right, 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 right. right, right. Okay. Yeah, a, like, a ser- volume is a series every other month. Midwest Fresh is a monthly. Fresh List is a monthly. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing. Like Anybody who's got enough passion and know-how and the resources and a spot to do it can put together one of those series. Now, I mean, your, your success as a promoter is how much work you put into the actual promotion aspect of all of that. But, yeah, and, and all of those that he just mentioned are, are great. I've, I've, I've played uh, Mark's uh, yeah. Fresh List. Man, that yeah, is, they that, got an awesome little yeah, thing. Yeah, that is a great thing they've got going on, yeah. for sure. So whereas a party would just be like a, a, an event. Correct. Okay. Yep. Green Velvet, uh, the what, um, what was the latest one you just did? Stanton Warriors and Warriors. I mean, that's a that's a one off. Okay. Uh, I'm, am I correct in thinking that? Yeah, I mean, we like to. Co- so you still have a brand. That's not to say that the, right. No, right. The, yeah, events, not, the events are a little more random. Okay. They're not static. Right. And you try like, to bring correct. Yeah, that's. Pu- okay. I'm just purely purely from a it, schedule standpoint. Okay. And, and if I may, I, it seems that that three dimensional. Uh, when they throw a show, they they try to create some unique experience with that one particular show, whereas Mike tries to provide a consistent product. Yeah. So there are two different approaches, which is why it works so well. Right. You know, because then they can focus on what they're each doing instead of trying to do the same thing on top of each other's events. Yep. You know, does that seem fair? Absolutely. Sure, man. Man, also like 3DM's randomness is their consistency if that makes sense right. you know like what what are they going to do next mm. is part, of, part the of their brand yep, yep. they're very good at that by yeah. the way yeah <laughs> in the teasing yeah hey we're announcing something soon yeah. <laughs> just mark this date on your calendar trust me and relating that to volume like i don't want to do that like i don't want to put that production on 
that scares the crap out of me. Not not only do I, you know, like me and my life, where I am, I do this on the eighth day of the week. You know, right. I run my design. I run my design studio. I've got. I love my wife. I got my two children. I, you know, I've got. I'm involved with my church, and you know, all of these things. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to fit volume in. Not that I'm throwing it together, but it's just it's. That's what I love about it is it's this community and it comes together because I can't do it by myself. And I'm like, Tony, hey, man, I need this. What do you think of this? Oh, OK, cool. Hey, Trip, I need some help with invites. Hey, th- it's this community that's right. made volume. And I'm just this guy kicking out cool graphics and signing <laughs> a dotted line. I think you're doing more than that. But, but you get, but <laughs> you get what I'm saying. But you get what I'm saying. Like yeah, it's, yeah. you know, like it's. But but people love it. And that's that's why it works. You right. know, it, I mean. You, you brought your wife up, she, and she's always there, you know, Working, collecting money at yeah. the door or something. And and I had you know two or three beers and probably chatted her ear off for an hour at the the anniversary show, telling you know talking about thank you so much for helping Mike do this. Our city <laughs> needed this for so long, and please tell me if he ever thinks about quitting, have him call me, and I'll help in any way I can. I think that's really what I love house music. I wanted to showcase it. In Dayton, that's what I did with featherweight music for a few years. During like, um, really, what changed things? I'm going to spin off. But really, what changed things for me was 9/11. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. like that really kind of changed. Not only did it change the soil of our nation, but it really changed the soil of the communities. Really, I feel like just online communities, everything. And so for me, that's what I noticed, and I remember. I believe 9-11 was on a Tuesday. And then Wednesday night, an old promoter from Dayton, old, uh, old school, Howard, had a Wednesday night hip-hop night at El Diablo. Mm. Okay? So we're sitting there at, like, El Diablo, a small club in downtown Dayton, and it was the day after 9-11. And I'm just like, what a weird feeling. It just was a surreal mm. feeling. Yeah. You know, just being outside, looking at the buildings in little downtown Dayton and thinking of what happened at 9-11. And it just kind of changed, I don't know how, but it just, I don't think I was doing much for the scene at that time. I was DJing a lot. I put out a bunch of mixes. I had like, What Say You and uh, Paint, Paint the, the Town, Town Red. Red. Oh my <laughs> God, it was traffic. so good. Yeah, I Trip's loved those. Trip's getting a stank face when he talks <laughs> yeah, about I, 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 it's so good. I loved those mixes. I loved putting them out. And But that's all I was doing. And I was like, okay, look, it's time to, it's time to hunker down and do something else. And I created Featherweight Music, which was putting out mixes i had several other people on doing putting mixes out um, we were close to like turning it into an actual label and that's when i brought cascade out mm. and johnny fiasco and some uh, jt donaldson some other house events strictly house events at that time like um, early 2000 2003 2005 got married kind of slowed down a little bit for probably about a decade and then had the opportunity for to do volume but that's what I was wanting to do is create a community. Like I just I just wanted to create this I want volume to be to where they go. My next volume is in April and it's Roy Davis Jr. who anyone who knows house music should know who Roy Davis Jr. is. But if anyone doesn't, they should know who volume is by now. Right. You know, and it's trust the brand, trust that community, mm-hmm. trust that trust that party cuz you've probably been to it and I I You've probably enjoyed yourself. So it's, I've wanted to build this reliability to it, you know, like, and that's from, from, you know, the graphics are going to look good. You know, it's going to be a fun night. 
and you know what and you know what you're going to get out of that venue. We're not throwing some massive spectacle in terms of lights and sound. It's hey, get in there. The DJ is going to be five feet from you. You're going to get to hug him and kick it with him when he gets done, and get an autograph and say hello to him. Right, right. And you're going to have fun. And it's just this community. So, kind of returning to the, you know, you you brought up kind of some of the the methods that you use to promote the shows. Um, obviously, you have the whole graphic design thing in your bag, and and that's certainly something in your arsenal that is not hurt. And, um, yeah, let me let me gonna toot your horn here a little bit, but like, you know, anybody who sees a, a promo for volume knows it's for volume. You know what you it have, is. You have a very distinctive style and a look and a brand and just like when I see it, I just like I know it's yours as soon as Good. I see it. And and everything from color scheme, like it's not just a blue. It's not just a, a yellow. There's like something that you do or that you pick a, a, about like no, it's the blue. Shades. It's, it's the blue. <laughs> oh no, every the, the shades and the and the hues or whatever it is, and then the way you um uh I'm I'm not a visual guy. I'm an audio guy, so I don't know what it's called. Uh, the the gradients. Sure. Um, so the what the the gradients that you choose and the way you place everything just. I know your work when I see it, Good. and it's and it's it, it, it's it's for. impeccable. And if, every, I, if I may say so, every show it. has its own theme and its right. design theme, and it's mostly based around a single color, right. which is so it's so cool because it's so simple, but it's it just pops. You but know, what just, I I gotta tell you, what I would love to see is all of them together. Well, <laughs> Dave has them all. Uh, yeah, 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 come on over to my garage. Yeah, the garage. <laughs> I, I, oh, all the I've, yeah, yeah. Because I've seen I, I've seen the picture of it but I, it's been a while since we've been in the garage so yeah. take, I haven't even take a picture of it and put it in the show notes so everybody yeah, can kind of get sure. an idea of what we're talking about here right. or, or check I out think, our Instagram I, I post pictures it. of them all the time yeah, on yeah, Instagram yeah. <laughs> talking about it really doesn't do it justice because yeah. they're they're very brilliant well I appreciate it, that it, it's cool because anytime uh, you know you don't just post a flyer you know it's like a two weeks away a one week away graphic a tomorrow night graphic a tonight graphic there's all these different graphics that and they then you have you know showcases of the local talent and you take the time to address every single thing that's gonna be a hallmark of your event and they all have a consistent you know design scheme and everything and then when the next one pops up and it's like a bright green or something i i instantly know new volume show good like you know like i don't even have to think about it and that's really smart i think well i wanted to i think with the performer highlights as I call them like the locals and regionals it's just a way to generate hype and really it's built so much around the headliner you Mm -hmm. know like Farina Colette that I want to make sure that I'm not forgetting Jack and Tom when they played or you guys when you Todd Terry and Derek when you played Miguel like I want to make sure that I don't that it's not well hey I'm playing this show too he hasn't really mentioned anything about that so I want to make sure that I'm highlighting that and you have to look at all of this as their tools Hmm. They're tools that you use. I mean, it's it's at the end of the day. I mean, sure, it's still something that's pleasing. I hope to look at, but it's really meant to be a tool to, to use for information. Uh, you get your ticket links from there, um, generate some kind of hype, and then you know if it's uh, your graphic for the Miguel Mig show, I hopefully you're sharing it, right. and then your friend likes it and he's sharing it. So exactly. It's, right. it's yes. to be used as tools and also to to look to look 
to look good, but you know, I mean, I'm a marketeer, so you know, I like to market the heck out of everything I do. So to kind of, what what's your your biggest hurdle when it comes to doing such a a limited market, you know, for for this kind of sound and and you know, to other people who might be thinking about doing a similar type of show, um, I guess, is it worth it? Well, absolutely. I think there are multiple hurdles. Um, I think, uh, first of all, budget, you know, Mm -hmm. understanding that you're in a small market, getting um, agents and artists. And the more I get into this, the more I find that really a lot of them are willing to say, okay, I understand you can barely fit 200 people in there at this amount at the door. Um, okay, we, we want to take this show and uh, we'll we'll share it with New York or Miami or Detroit and we'll make it work. So budget is a, is a hurdle. Um, understanding that you are, st- I look at this as it, it's just a, a, a particular genre, right? So, I mean, you understand that you're really going to limit yourself there. Um, but that's, but that's, because you're, you know, I'm being forced to look at it as a limit when really I love it. And that's, that's where I would say it's worth it. Absolutely. Because let's say if I were to open up the doors to, okay, you know, I'm going to have a drum and bass guy tonight and a, and a trance. And I think honestly, those hours, I would just feel deflated mm. the night of, you know, I'd say, okay, this is not, this is not at all what, you know, and oddly enough, I'm cross pollinating the night in terms of the attendees right you know as odd as that as odd as that is um for what i want volume to be um and i I guess i should clarify when i say worth it uh, i don't necessarily mean this is a cash cow or or something like that this is this is accomplishing what you want to get out of it and you're doing it your way so you you feel fulfilled doing this yeah yeah i mean um is it worth yeah when i look at is it worth it i mean there's like Financially, of course, you've got to look at that. I mean, you can't, that's that's just as important to everything else. But as equally as financially is it worth it, I look at, does it satisfy me? Absolutely. You know, do I, you know, like, I'll talk to Tony. Tony's a huge gauge for me. He's, he's, he's always been a good gauge for me, you know, and, and we'll talk about stuff and I'll say, oh, Tony, you know, like, man, I could have used 30 more people tonight. And Tony's quick to say, dude, but the vibe tonight, Mike, are you feeling this? Right. And I'm like, and he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, I don't have to, this is a night. I don't have to worry about anything. This isn't my show. I'm Kate and I are dancing. I don't have to worry about anything. Look how many people are smiling. So yeah, it's another thing that I can say about those shows, man. It's like just everybody in there is happy with smiles on their face and just loving every minute of that whole night. It's great. It's good. Yeah. I mean, it's so that's what, so there's financially that's kind of up and down and you kind of have to look at that like, monetarily you don't live off of it but it's satisfying like through your soul sure you know like <clears throat> you've got to understand how to look at at finances when you're doing this stuff like okay there's a chance there's a chance you're going to lose money somewhere whether it's they didn't drink enough whether they didn't you didn't get enough at the door whether you may have spent too much money that night or there's but that compared to man Mark Farina came to Dayton and had a great time he came here twice yeah right 
that's that's very satisfying to me like the hugs i get the night of when people are like oh man this was so great when's the next one you know this and that like it's and not only that but the people like the people that you meet the you know i've built great relationships these last two years you know i've learned a lot the last two years i've uh, worked with incredible people i've learned technically a lot of things you know like no, that wire does not go there, Mike. That that's <laughs> that's the launch button, not lunch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you know, smoke the, is bad. <laughs> you know, it's it, so there's there are levels to is it worth it? And I think across the board, it's it's yes. And where it does dip into the no, it's there's always um, tweaking to do that can make mm. it worth it. You know, there's financially, there's, are there, are there ways to negotiate cheaper rates? Are there ways to cut, do we not do flyers this time? You know, there's marketing tactics. Do we cut back on merchandise? Do, you know, there's, there's really no way to adjust the vibe. Yeah. Either it's going to happen or it's not, but you can always adjust a budget. You know, we've talked a lot about volume and how you're cultivating that, that event and, experience and bringing people into the fold with, with house music. But, you know, I, I remember bounce theory, but I also remember Mike Donovan, you know, the DJ, do you still play out as much or at all? And do you play your own events at all? And if the answer is no to all of that, do you still play at home? Do you still love to DJ? Uh, I still DJ. I don't get, booked as often. Um, and it's not, I just, I'm, I'm not really putting the effort. I think it's, I heard, it's funny, like in turn, I think in a prior episode, you guys talked about how not to get noticed at a DJ <laughs> or as a DJ. And one of your lines was out of sight, out of, out of mind. Who said that? Was it Tony? Yeah. Yep. That's kind of how I am. Right. You know, and, but also, I can relate, <laughs> but, uh, but it's also, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like I like playing, for, I, I'm to the age now to where I had my prime and it was fantastic. Amen. You know, it, it was, it, it was a time not to toot my own horn that I was playing multiple times in a week. And as a local, that's good. Right. You know, and it's, I don't, I don't, you know, like I said, I do this on the eighth day of the week. I don't thrive, you know, I don't strive for that, but, um, I like to play for the, for certain people. Right. I like to play for certain clubs, certain events, you know, like if someone from Columbus is like, Hey, come up here and play for me. That's like, Hey, yeah, I've known this guy for years. I'm going to go up there, have fun, uh, charge him a reduced rate. Let's just go up there have a good time. Right. Um, I own, no, I own no gear at home, not a really? single thing. So when I play, that's it. Hmm. Well, if I, if I may, um, just as, as an observer, one point that I wanted to make was that you're, it seems like you put a lot of that, creative energy and effort into volume now and that approach that you take with volume is a very good dj type approach right because every you know the, the best promoters understand how it how a dj works you know what i mean and so and how a how to build a night around a sound and a brand and i would go your as far audience. as to say curate and curate exactly yeah. you've curated an audience you've curated uh the music you've put together design you've put all, all this stuff has culminated in to one very cohesive package that i think a good dj would understand sure yeah you know i think if uh man if i promoted myself as a dj like i did volume I don't know if I'd get any more gigs, but man, I'd be a well-branded DJ. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> right. but, uh, but 
Um, no, I, I cannot DJ my own show. I think I did. I think I, I think I tried. To, I think I put myself on the bill for Demarcus, and you played them. Okay, I think I backed you backed you up on that one. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't do it. I don't even think I would enjoy. It's doing it's a hard hits. thing to do because uh, uh, with in the groove, me and Jason, you know, we we often played our own shows, but we also had two of us. So whenever one of us was playing, then the other one was you know taking care of promoter duties. But after so many years, you know that that. It, that same thing came up. You know, it, it was either there's just, we're both just there's too many demands on us, or we're so engrossed in the mechanics of the night. To your point, from the beginning of the show, that you know, I wish I could attend my shows. Sure. And, and and at some point, you know, that was one of the th- reasons that I got out of it because. You know, for as many people that were saying, "Oh, this was a great show, and you did great, and this was awesome, and when's the next one?" and blah blah blah, and I'm like, "Oh, my head hurts." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it it wasn't as enjoyable for me as it was for you, and you know, and all of that. But uh, you know, for me, it was a there was a tipping point where the juice was no longer worth the squeeze. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I I still love DJing. I still love playing for certain places, certain people. Um, I also think, and I. I wonder if Tony's experienced this. Um, I think I'm known as the promoter now, mm. and I think you know, like Tony. I don't. I don't mean this in a in a rude way. I think there was a time when you were DJing a lot more too. Oh yeah. And it kind of bums me out that you're not playing out as much. As, and I wonder if people are looking at you as Tony's this really involved promoter right now. Uh, I mean, people still ask me when I'm going to play or if I'm going to play and this, that, and the other. But yeah, I fell into that promoter role sure right now yeah i mean from what was it about 2008 till about 2011 when i was playing like the paul van dyke show the david Guetta show the benny Manassi show dead mouse blah 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 and the list goes on yeah i was i was playing a lot traveling a lot yeah um i was I was known more as a DJ, but now people are like, oh, your next show, when's your next show, when's your next right, show, you right. know. Yeah. And th- and that brings <clears throat> on a whole nother slew of book me and I'll book you, and it's like that's not mm-hmm. what volume is about. It's right. not mm-hmm. about. I think that was, that was last week's show. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean that's not, it's not about, it's not a this, I hate to use the word political, I don't know if that's. Well, that's a no, legit, no, But that's, that's yeah, yeah. it's, volume is this. There's a point to it, you know. There's this. I've got this idea of, of who I want to play, and there's, um, it, and one thing I can't stand, and I got to say this is when no one, and is when that DJ that has never attended volume, comes up to me and says, "When can I play it?" <laughs> and it's like, man, support me, and I'll support you. I think you, that was you, you got. That's you a got, night that's important to understand when you're going into it. I think like you don't just want any opener to play that. Sure, right. and it's not about experience; it's about do they get what the night's about. Right. Yeah, right. you know, I've been fortunate enough to have like Mike Poe from Columbus. Man, he is an outstanding DJ. Just so methodical and just he's almost fussy that he wants it so perfect. Like he just he's outstanding, and I wanted him to play a better spot at Marcus Wyatt. Uh, another fun volume. Um, but uh, we had talked, you know, like when I come up with the lineup and I said, hey, listen, man, I've, I've what I'll approach. I'll approach my bookings like there's the headliners I'm going for. I'm going to be deba- like right now. I've kind of got 2017 mapped out. So there's the headliners that were already in discussion and we got some rough dates and this and that. And then I'm kind of starting to match up. Who do I want in front and behind 
of those and who do I want to open? So I'll have like three or four candidates for that 11 midnight or 2 a.m. spot. So I'll say, hey, listen, are you willing to do, would you like to play the um, the Todd Terry show back when I had Todd, Todd Terry? Um, I'm thinking these times um, we'll figure out rates, but I'm letting you know, I'm not sure yet if I'm this, if you're who I'm going to land on. I'm talking to some other people, seeing what's a better fit for this, because fits are very fitting that those pieces into a niche right. night. And I think Tony's. I keep going back to Tony, but I think I think Todd Terry threw you off a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I just kind of got the. I think that you were worried that you didn't fit that night, but that's another story. But it's very. I got to fit these pieces in there right. I can't have someone that's gonna bang like house and then go into somebody that's deep. I want someone that knows how to, okay, I'm playing in front of Marcus Wyatt, who's known for deep LA, you know, like, so, so I'm talking to Mike Poe and I, and I hit him up like, uh, like a week before I'm going to announce the alliance lineup. And I said, Hey Mike, I'm going to go a different direction. Sorry about that. I'll, I'll you, I, you know, I'm going to keep you in mind for another one. And he goes, I just want to be a part of the night. I'll play nine to 10 30 for you. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. Right. I played Green Velvet nine to ten, mm-hmm. and it's it, I could have been oh Tony come on man you know I can do an eleven to twelve right you know I can handle that no problem but it's it, no I'm going to be a part of this night right right I'm going to come out I'm going to play I'm going to be a part of something that in my opinion that was the best show of 2016 that was the best show of the year thank you in Ohio that was the best show thank you and, but like I was a part of it. Sure, I'm sure I would have loved to have played eleven to twelve. I, you know, I'd have been great for that. But it's hey, I played nine to ten. A couple people were there. Great night. I enjoyed it. But it just was amazing that he understood this concept of it's not about me and projecting what I think I've earned and entitled to playing this spot. It's about hey, the volume's bigger than me. This is something cool that's going on. I'm just going to be a part of it, and it was so cool that Mike Poe did that. I, I hope our listeners are really paying attention to the the tone of of how Mike speaks about all this, because right. I mean the 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 passion that you exude for this type of music and for this show, which is kind of your baby now, it, it is obvious. I mean, it really comes out, and right. I think that's that's why it works in the way that it does, and so. I can say on behalf of Househeads and Dayton, thank you for bringing it to Very our much. city and for what you do and for finally making it to the show, man. We'd love to have you back sometime. Yep. Thanks I've so en- much. I've enjoyed it. Yes. Enjoy. I get a kick out of listening to you guys. And thanks for the graphical work, man. I'm sure I'll have some more jobs for you in the future if you're up to it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, Volumedeep.com. Volumedeep.com. Check it out. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, if any of you are within a two or three hour radius come check it out it's, it's worth an it. experience it's, it's totally worth it got, you will leave with a smile on your face got Roy Davis Jr. on Friday April 21st such a influential house figure out of Chicago and what track do we want to outro with uh, Blue Six Sweeter Love Blue Six Sweeter Love Mike thanks so much and we will see you all next week on the Passionate DJ Podcast see you easy peace
such is throwing a party and such and such is throwing mm -hmm. a party and blah this and dishwasher oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't just me my tinnitus was flaring up <laughs> well Mo put his finger up if he wanted to say something and then that alarm started up I'm like that's his alarm <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Sorry, Tony. <laughs> no, it's all good. That's going to be a good outtake. <clears throat> um, Dishwasher. So you have people in other cities that, you know, that... Feel 